Also, we realize that these times are not like the easiest for people to move. Sure. So we don't take it for granted that you made the time to come. Uh, yeah. Uh, your reign now is going to cross through academic years. Are you going to resign after a certain period? Or are you going to pull a seven on us? Not really. I, yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It, it can't really go beyond uh, my term that I'm supposed mm -hmm. to really be in campus. Because uh, given the fact that I'm already a finalist, Perhaps I have to leave. This year, by all means, I have to leave and go. I am a, I am a medical student mm. who is in final year. I'm in year five. So, whatsoever the case, you will have to leave. Then. I'll have to leave because uh, the current interns that are in the hospitals have to leave then so that we yeah, will so replace them. Yes, because the contract is usually one year. I see. Yeah. I see. Uh, yeah, so what does this mean? I know the last time I heard uh, President Museveni speak, right? He mentioned that the... The, the exams were, you know, they shouldn't happen because, again, the pandemic, the crisis had become too serious. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean? Are you guys still able to do the exams or are they paused for now? Yeah, actually, no, the, the exams are paused right now mm. because now, uh, for example, when you try to look at Macquarie University itself, uh, it, the university has not yet gotten the capacity to organize online examinations. Mm -hmm. However, our sister institutions elsewhere, some of them are already having that. But Makerere itself, it, has, it hasn't yet gotten there. Because okay. the last time, I think it was uh, post-lockdown post, post, post part one, when uh, we tried to do some online examinations, but it was indeed a havoc. That is the honest truth. Hey, and what, what, what is uh, havoc in this scenario? Is it that people are cheating too much? Is yeah, exactly. That... Ah, okay, yeah, people are cheating so much. The system itself is not a sustainable one. It's uh -huh. on and off later. Then someone is unable to submit. Someone is unable to log oh, in yeah, yeah, because of the too much traffic, oh, perhaps true. on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see. I Something see. like that. I see, I see. Yeah, but then what does this whole thing, you know, what does uh, COVID, for example, mean for students? When I was at university a while back, uh, mm. I think around 2013, 2014, when I was at university, you know, part of what made my university experience extremely interesting was being at campus, right? Sure. Uh, you know, it wasn't the schooling. I hated the schooling part of it. But being at university, you know, participating in the chaos, yeah. there, there was no Red Barrett then, but <laughs> I hopefully would have been part of the Red Barrett crew. Yeah. Mm. That was a big, big part of my university experience. I know I made a significant number of relationships from just being at campus and, you know, going to people's halls or going to, like, people's hostels and conversing or, like, socializing. You know, mm. what does this mean for now since it's going over, you know, it's going to cross over to, to this year from last year? The situation of, you know, people living at university is not clear anymore. What does this mean to the students? And also, what does this mean to your office, you know, because now who are you guilty of if, you know, the students actually at home? Yeah, um, yeah, I'll begin by responding on the, maybe to the first one. I'll have mainly two responses. Yeah. Number one, I would say, in a larger sense, it is really a disservice to we, the students. We are uh, being unable to be on campus physically is indeed a disservice not only to we, the students, but also to this country. Uh, because I strongly believe there is nothing as important as networking, as socializing with friends. 
true, you socialize, true. you get to know someone, you get to know another, you're in medical school, you get to know um, another another person in law school, another person in, in, in SEDAT, engineering. But uh, because uh, the, the reason I'm really seeing it a challenge is that we are going to have a time when people who are running for guild, because me, perhaps I, I ran for guild because I had managed it. I, I ran and I had the hopes that I was actually winning mm -hmm. because I had mobilized. I had yeah, a, yeah. a number of colleagues in SEDAT. I had a number of colleagues in Kobams. I had a number of colleagues at education everywhere. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I had really diversified myself in as far as networking is concerned. However, now with this kind of thing where people are supposed to study online, what are the chances you're going to meet someone from Kobams? What are the chances mm -hmm. you're going to meet mm -hmm. uh, a law student? I see. Of I which uh, Makerere University, that being an institution, I largely, I largely think that that is the largest human resource base for this particular country because it is a university with the highest population. Yeah, yeah. It is the largest uh, human resource base. But then the pe people are not, and, 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 and not interacting, people are not networking. So it is really uh, making it a challenge. Honestly, it is really making it a challenge. It is uh, because people are going to to finish school. Fine, they have finished. They now are uh, getting into the world, but they don't even know where to start. They don't know where to start. Perhaps they could have networked with someone who is better connected. Yeah, yeah. We get. But now they're at home. Then, now with the, to the side of the leadership itself, fine, I would say... Um, Still, there are things to do, even when the students are not around. Mm. That is why, personally, I am still at the university. Because you become a guild president of Makerere. In, in one way or the other, you, 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 you have student, half administrator. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, you have a lot of engagements around the university itself. And by virtue of that position, you are a member of the university council. So, meetings are ongoing. Mm -hmm. There are activities yeah. that are running. Yeah. And... Students are also out there. They are complaining here and there. Like, for example, right now, we are having a problem. If I had also decided to go to my home and, and rest, what would happen to the students that are currently stranded at university, at university in, around university premises? Because initially, this was a partial lockdown. It was a partial lockdown. People thought, uh, after all, there are six weeks and it is a partial lockdown. Mm -hmm. I can go to... I can go to to Kampala, maybe Hasoki and there, I get 5k, 3k, so that I can have something to eat. Um, and in the same spirit, they decided to reside around the university premises, maybe perhaps with colleagues in rentals and hostels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But currently, now given that it is a complete and a total lockdown, it is indeed posing a challenge. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So what are you, like, what are some of the approaches you're taking, for example, to mitigate some of these situations? Because, you know, I imagine when I was still a student, uh, yeah, luckily my parents are around here, so I can walk from university to my home. But, you know, if, for example, I was, my parents were staying in, say, Ginger, for example, you know, as near as Ginger, you know, this would be a real, I want to say, existential risk for me, you know, sort of like, sure. I've been a place where now I don't know how to go about life because I can't move. Uh, mm. yeah, so what... Wha What's the kind of thing that, you know, I follow up to leadership and say, you know, let me go to, you know, Mr. CMPJ4. What, what would be the thing that you can do to help me? Um, yeah, some of the challenges, and I think it's entirely dependent upon the challenge that someone is facing right now. Because right now, the challenge we have at hand 
is an issue of stranded students because the academic programs were put on hold. Yeah. One of the reasons academic problem, uh, programs were put on hold is that the, the semester policy is very clear for the university. It is very difficult for you to proceed to the next semester when people have not yet finished examinations for the previous. Okay. Now we were at a point when as a few individuals, due to the so-called staggered manner, a few individuals had uh, actually done their examinations. Uh, those are a uh, majority of the finalists. But then that is a small portion of the entire university. A number of students were beginning that Monday. And then our judge uh, comes on, on, yeah. on Sunday and he has to shock them yeah. that you, you cannot do anything. So currently, the academic pro programs are on hold. Even the university management itself is stranded. They don't really know what to do. They don't know how to go about it. They're asking themselves, so do we let those that had finished uh, proceed to next semester? What do we do? But then not all finalists were done. Like me, I'm a finalist, but I hadn't begun my examinations. Uh -huh. Yet I'm a finalist, we get. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it's, it, it, it is really challenging. So right now, uh, because I would say as a, as a leader in the, in the university, the, the main problems that you'll keep on encountering will be either associated to academics, hmm. that is number one, yeah. associated to academics, associated to welfare, we get. So right now, given the fact that now the academic beat is on hold, now we try to, even the greater portion of the welfare component is also settled yeah. because majority are at home, we get. So now we look at the, 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 the remaining portion of the welfare. We get, and those are the students that are currently stranded. Mm. Those are the international students that uh, were unable to head back to their, mm, mm, mm. their countries. And I have been working with my entire students' guild. We have been working tirelessly to see how best we could try to help these people. And good enough, the international students were catered for. They were provided accommodation by the university free okay. of charge. Okay. That's but that, 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 all that was really so beneficial and it was enough. Then it was a complete cake then when we were on partial lockdown. But now that we are on complete and total lockdown, now the, the, the question of what to put to the mouth arises. I see, I see. Get, uh, I know yeah. Nabanja is about to give to send 100k. I don't know if I'll get, but <laughs> are you lobbying for some of those I, guys uh, to be part of the guys who get? Yeah, exactly. That money. is, um, and I, I decided to carry out a survey. Mm -hmm. I decided to carry out a survey, and the survey was on, I think, from Monday. I think okay. from, from Monday. Yeah. yeah, the survey has been on so that we could try to ascertain the exact numbers of those students that could be stranded. And where are they stranded? Are they in rentals? Are they in hostels? Are they international students or they are nationals, mm. our own locals? And, and in any case, what exactly do they need? Yeah. Do they need I food? See, I see, I see. Because yeah. we have a few females that are stranded. Their uh, menstrual health is also very fundamental. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, do they need transport to go back home? Because some of them were like, you know, you know the, the transport fares were really heightened then. Transport fares were heightened then. And the number of days that were provided by the government, by the president, they were really very few for these people to manage yeah, yeah, getting yeah. back to their homes. That is why many of them had resorted to staying around. Yeah. So when you, <coughs> when you try to look at all this, we have been collecting the data, 
and the survey was closed yesterday mm-hmm. and i think it has captured roughly 600 students I see. roughly okay. 600 Makere university students that are stranded around and not only am i here to advocate for Makere because i am a student leader yeah, i am yeah. a guild president of the biggest institution in the country that is why i had to put in efforts to see that i create another platform i where i had to collect all my various guild presidents wherever they could be oh i see the former ones or the the ones the, for the, the current ones for different current ones for yeah, different yeah, universities yeah, true, true, true. Mm. i had to get in touch with all of them despite of their institution how big the institution is i didn't mind about that mm-hmm. be it a technical institute i had to collect yeah, yeah, all of them and i think we are roughly 48 oh, I see. In, okay. in in in, in, in total country, yeah. yes we are roughly 48 and out of the 48 uh, we ourselves we had to get a platform because usually once we work together you can really achieve greatness that is the honest mm. truth once you work as a team yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> so uh, we uh, I'm closely in touch with all of them and I also urged them in their different capacities wherever they have been to see that they also do the same just like I've been doing for Makerere. I see, I see. And so basically what this looks like is you're coming out with sort of some joint action plan. Exactly. It's a joint see. action plan. So that we see how best to, to reach out to the relevant authorities. That is the office mm. of the Prime Minister. They can, great, they can surely help. They can surely be of help. So we, 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 I just believed that we as working as a team, our voices could be amplified better. I see. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, the question that uh, sort of is going to be two part is uh, if you look at this pandemic, you know, the crisis, yeah. Mm. So, the crisis, first of all, in my perspective, it is uh, you know, it is the cause is beyond Ugandans, right? You know, sure. we have uh, the virus rumors that some laboratory scientists leaked or something, mm. or you know, maybe some guy ate a bat, whatever the, the, the source of the virus, right? Mm. It's, it's not like valuable to speculate, but we have it now in the country, right? And now we have to mitigate it you know we have to like we have to face this crisis and try to create solutions around it you know if you're to give an assessment as a leader you know where do you put most of the blame for failure you know unless you think it hasn't been a failure you know sort of the response to the crisis hasn't been a failure if you think it is it has been a failure is it because the top has failed or is it because the bottom has failed because uh if you look at this argument from two perspectives uh, yesterday Museveni was uh, conducting prayers uh, and he said, you know, that we can pray all we want, but if we don't sort of follow his strategy, quote-unquote, right, uh, uh, social distancing, uh, you know, the things he's saying, right, basically sanitizing, uh, if we don't follow that, then it's our fault that we are going to die. Well, he didn't say it's our fault, but he said, you know, that's what he meant, he implied yeah. it's our fault, right? Mm. But then there's a lot of other people who say, you know, if the medical, if the health sector was catered for you know prior sure. the, prior the crisis if you know if all these uh, sort of institutional things were in place already then maybe maybe would have handled this a little bit better okay yeah and for you mm. where do you lie on this uh personally yes i would say it responded well i know i would say it has been a fail that is the honest truth mm. because uh where we had part one part one was in place we tried doing something that could have been an alarm loud enough yeah. for us to prepare better. Yeah. Because yeah. part one came in, part one of COVID, the phase one, it came in and people were, 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 were in need of oxygen, mm, mm. Uh, ICU facilities, most of those things. 
And in one way or the other, this is something that we, 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 we've not gotten treatment for. We don't have the treatment yet. And just because uh, maybe I, I could say the, the political terrain and the political pressures had as well gone down, that is number one. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't so much of a problem according to them. However, <clears throat> for them, they decided now to, to relax. Once you relax, me, I would say... And both, by them, both, yeah, you mean the government? Yes, by yeah. the government. Yeah. Uh, I would say um, both, both sides have failed. Okay. Both sides have really have greatly contributed towards this failure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Both up and, and down. Because uh, those up, but I'll, my, my initial blame will go, the greater portion of it will go to, the, to those uh, up. Because mm. I remember in part one, you cannot say that you're spending 250 million Ugandan, uh, it was 250 billions, 250 billions to purchase face masks for all Ugandans. Yeah. I remember that figure very well, 250 billions. And when I try to go down, I try to look at a hospital like Chirudu, Chirudu National Referral Okawempe, when you try to look at Shirudu, well stocked, the way it is, I am taking an assumption that yeah. these funds were not embezzled that were used to construct Shirudu. Yeah, yeah. It was roughly 31 billion. We understand. It was roughly 31 billion. Oh, I see. I actually didn't know that. Exactly. 31 billion. Because this is the information that is yeah, available to us. The official information. Yeah, yeah. 31 billion. We get. Uh, so 250 billion divided by 31. That is building almost 10 chirudus. Wonderful. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those, uh, and I remember still uh, around the same time, uh, earlier we had had a launch of new cities. Mm. We understand. Masaka, here, here. And one, what are some of the reasons why those places were made cities? First of all, they are overpopulated. That is number one. Why are they overpopulated? Because development has come. We understand there is development, there is business, people can transact and get money. Yeah. So why don't we go and, personally I thought it was better that way. You get, we go and we, we decide to construct those Jirudos. We understand, yeah, yeah. there are roughly eight. We go and construct them wherever, in, in those various cities. Mm -hmm. I, I, I strongly believe that will not only help the health sector of this nation, but it will also help improve the standards of living for all the people that are living around those hospitals because hospitals that is healthcare system healthcare systems are they are attractors of development we get those are some of the things people will consider to settle somewhere mm -hmm. we get access to healthcare services we get yeah. so but then you, for for uh, the government uh, decided to say 250 billion to, to purchase face masks for Ugandans. Now we're already in phase two. I would like you to make a random sample and find out how many Ugandans are still having face masks with the government of Uganda. Yeah, I see. I see. We understand. Because I really saw it then that it wasn't a sustainable one. So then this is just terrible decision making. Exactly. Yeah. Decision making is not good. Uh, then Chirudu, that hospital still, um, standard wise, it accommodates roughly 400 patients. Oh, okay. On standard. Okay. But now this being Uganda, it is not accommodating for 400. It is accommodating roughly 800. You yeah, get yeah. 600 to 800 patients. So, uh, you constructing one Chirudu to accommodate roughly 800 
Ugandan patients, and then you're having eight Chirudus. Those are how many patients? We understand. Mm. Those are how many patients? Those are thousands of Ugandan patients they have been catered for in a well-stocked uh, facility. We get yeah. You've provided employment to doctors, to more and more doctors that keep on yearning that they don't actually have jobs. Yeah. Not even just doctors. Uh, yes, I, I am getting to, to all of them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the pharmacists, the cleaners themselves, everyone depending on their level. Exactly, their level of financial comfort yeah. and convenience we get. Yeah. There, so, there, there's, been, there's been also some skeptics, right? That, and I, I don't know if I'm one of them or not, mm. but if, if, if the first phase of this crisis, right, this was more for me like a TV disease, right? I would see people in Italy suffocating, yeah? I would see uh, in the US, I would read the numbers of, you know, big numbers of people getting infected and a significant number as well, you know, dying. Uh, in China, we saw sort of advantages of authoritarianism how the government responded rapidly and managed to suppress uh, the disease you know but we saw everywhere else apart from uganda you know and people wondering you know how can we be this lucky right H how can we be this lucky and for me where this sort of confuses me is we have a, a global pandemic right that is terrible and it, it it has come for me i say in uganda it came at a place where we want where we were you know where we needed it you know it would have helped for example that we don't hold an election, you know, a presidential election, or, you know, a political elections, which meant if we had to follow our constitution, that the old man would, for a period of time, not be the president. I don't know how, you know, we would have followed that. But this pandemic waits for all of that to pass, you know, and part of what people were blaming, again, uh, uh, your president, Bobby Wine, for holding rallies, right? Because, again, mm. you know, but, but by that time, it made sense because sort of the lockdown was being uh, toned down, things were almost going back to normal, yeah? Why is it that just immediately after, you know, th or the only reason Ugandans would have wanted a pandemic, after all those reasons have gone, how come now the pandemic has actually come back and people actually now know people who are dying? You know, most of the times people were fine dying, but the numbers were so small that the majority of Ugandans were not able to relate. Mm. You know, people would say, ah, this, this pandemic, maybe the government is cooking the numbers, right? Mm. That's not my view, but that's what, that, that was assumption again, because the numbers were so small, the very few people sure. who were affected were not significant enough to cause an approach. Yeah. But today, the numbers are actually there. You know, people are suffering to breathe, and we, we are seeing the hospital bills. It's not discriminating against, you know, middle class or lower class. People are not able to even run out of the country anymore. You know, what, what do, you know do you have any theories of why this pandemic has come at a time when the government is now comfortable. The Speaker of Parliament has been appointed, the new ministers have been appointed, and the crisis rises again. Part of my assumption was that the government is hiding the numbers before, you know, it has been hiding the numbers until such a comfortable time. But again, the stories I'm hearing right now, they don't, mm. they, they contradict that assumption. You know, it seems like it is actually real, real right now. It's more real than it was before. What do you think? Uh, me, I would say, uh, initially, I would say the numbers were really too low. That is if we had them. Mm -hmm. That is why people could consistently keep on asking questions like, do you know someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who has died of corona? Yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is why I would say initially, me, I would say the numbers could really, couldn't really have really been that high. That is if we had some. We get. And... Me, I would say at that particular point in time, Uganda could have been either free from COVID or the, 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 the cases could have been too low 
not to the extent they were exaggerated that is number one oh, because see, the political yeah, yeah. yes political the political the, the entire political game had to come in here and there yeah, you don't understand the yes. that is why people because initially people were dying no uh, people right now people are dying while we are still in lockdown we understand how come then we didn't know those very people we didn't know me i didn't know anyone yeah, personally same, same i didn't know anyone who was actually dying of covid we understand yeah. so me i would say <coughs> uh initially even the government itself could have thought perhaps maybe it was a joke because uh, themselves could have uh they could have uh seen that they were actually playing on our minds yeah, they were using eh? it as sort of a political exactly tool. and uh so that is why they didn't really work so hard to see that they actually make the right decisions so that we can now mitigate the problem when it comes in the real sense we understand yeah. they didn't really mind so much about that a mere fact for them they were using the usas the uk's as their case studies mm. cases have gone low in usa cases have gone too low in uk they are discharging patients i think covid is gone we understand but not it's not that for us we had experienced the same it is not that we had experienced the same I see, because yeah. i knew a few people who didn't die of covid but they got infected they, no they were diagnosed with covid yeah. after dying they were saying this one oh, has sure. died of, of, of yeah, covid 19 yeah, yeah. we understand but then the other one was like and, and this this person happened to be an auntie to to, to a colleague mm-hmm. my friend was like no my my auntie has been having high blood pressure and died of of a stroke you get they got a stroke cardiac arrest and they're now re- being recorded as a covid as, as a covid yeah, case yeah. we understand so that really means the government itself couldn't have been genuine initially and they used the other countries as case studies that i think now the pandemic has really gone down that is why they didn't really make the right decisions they had to appropriate uh, large sums of money into things that that you cannot monitor as a ugandan for example you don't do you know if i got a, a mask yeah, i know for sure i didn't get so <laughs> exactly even myself i didn't get we, yeah, we yeah, understand yeah, yeah. yes we did, we did, we, did, we didn't really get but there are people out there a few people that you've been seeing around putting on those masks mm-hmm. we understand so we say you, there is a way you just take an assumption that eh, perhaps maybe i could have missed yeah. i don't know yeah. maybe because i stay here they didn't really bother coming you you understand eh? something like that so that is something where funds can really be channeled to other things without our knowledge we as ugandans the transparency just cannot be enforced well y- enough yes exactly because even initially the scientists kept on advising they kept on uh, giving us medical advice as as regards the face masks that we are supposed to utilize and a face mask mm. that is made out of cloth out of kitenji out of kitenji <laughs> yeah, yeah we understand yeah. out of cloth has 0% effectiveness towards preventing yeah, viruses yeah, from getting to you it is for dust we understand it is for dust yeah, yeah. we all know we get and those are the, the, because the minister the minister of health could come in and 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 tell us to use this yeah let's say 95 you people we have to use this we have to use this 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 offers 99% protection and then the same minister of health under the government where she comes from 
now the government in its entirety decides to produce what the mini something that is against the minister of health is what recommendation because the minister of health is a medic she's knowledgeable she knows that the other cannot work that is why she kept on saying this can work we get I but then the government yeah, yeah. the government didn't really do that that means they weren't really taking it serious they were also doing it for the sake yeah, we're no, doing it for I the agree, sake. I agree. I, I think. Yeah. I, I think that's very typical of how Uganda works. How Uganda <laughs> works, right? Uh, and mm. you know, I, like no matter what your political sort of bending would be, one of the things that Museven did very well, right, was to campaign against HIV. Uh, you know, the immunize. When I was still a kid, yeah, 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 the yeah. Immunization campaigns that again he was at the those were indeed, of, a, yeah, yeah, they were indeed exactly. a success. Yeah, yeah, th those were those are like his success stories. But I think that today, again. Me, I blame it on the grid. They they got to a place where it's enticing to look like they are solving the problem, yeah. Because yeah, I agree with you that the first crisis Uganda wasn't affected, yeah. You know, to, to a significant place. But Uganda had to look like as if it's affected, so we can get money, say, from you know IMF, IMF. and whatnot, yeah, yeah, whatever. And this was this is this was good money for them to steal because at that point they thought maybe Uganda was going to be immune. Yeah, but yeah. now the crisis actually comes when we've stolen and used up the money we've exactly. stolen, and now we, we are just stranded. And, and so the, the, the solution he has come up with now is to blame Ugandans. No, you know, that problem. is not right. That <laughs> is not really right. Yeah. But let us first make sure that, let us first ask ourselves uh, a few questions. Are those, that, those ones that we identify as sick, mm. are we in a position to, to, to treat them? them? Yeah. Are we in a position to help them? The government is not in a position to help those that are identified as sick. Then how do you expect to mitigate the problem? This is a pandemic. We understand. How do you expect to... Because are we going to live on lockdown forever? That's just exactly true. No, that is, that is uh, affecting the, the, the socio-economic status of this nation. We, get, we, are, we can't be on total lockdown forever. That is wrong. People are suffering out there. To the extent that I, I, I watched a video, I think uh, it was recorded a few days ago, there is this um, gentleman who had gone to, to the streets. I think he was selling perfumes. Oh, yeah. I, re I read the, the man with, uh, I think, he has uh, the legs don't function well. Is, is, is uh, no, actually, the other one, they, they were functioning very well. Yeah. I saw him. He was, uh, then they were telling him, you're not supposed to be here. They were telling him, police guys were telling him, please, you go back home. You're not supposed to be here. Guy refused. He was like, would I, do you think I would be here if I had something to eat at home? I wouldn't really be here if I had something to eat. My wife has just given birth. She didn't have what to eat. My yeah. baby didn't have what to eat. And you're telling me I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah, exactly. I'm supposed to be home in, in lockdown. If you kill me, you kill me. It's, up, it's entirely up to you. I'm not going anywhere. I see. I see. Uh, I think this, you is, uh, this is very similar to, uh, you know, uh, Kabuleta, Joseph Kabuleta was a presidential candidate recently. Mm. And yeah, his stance is, you know, the effects, the socioeconomic effects, as you've said, could probably be worse than the, the effects of actually people getting infected. So I don't know how true that is, but I know countries like Sweden... It's very possible. Yeah, exactly. Countries like Sweden who decided to uh, not enforce lockdown, you know, at first when it was even terrible in Europe, right? Who decided, well, we are going to treat this without actually trying to uh, enforce you know, rules that will affect the socioeconomic status as it is, status quo, right? Mm. These countries somehow, for some reason, manage to register less and less, uh, you know, cases and deaths compared to other countries like Italy that have forced total lockdowns, which is tricky. I mean, I know we can't compare ourselves to Sweden because they had the 
health sector that can actually treat people. So, you know, mm. there's, there's also that where we can't, it would be risky for, for us to rely on Mulago to, to help us if we got sick. Mm. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's some case studies that, you know, the lockdown approach is probably not the most effective, right? So, so, so yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. And now I, I think we've talked about COVID enough. I, I want us to first talk a little bit about the university as well, right? Mm. So again, part of my life, part of what made me excited at university was knowing that there's going to be a strike tomorrow. That was like when I knew that tomorrow shit is going down, I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was what made, you know, sort of university extremely exciting, right? Mm. Uh, and now I want to talk about some of the things that when I was there that used to bring up strikes, you know, I, I'm, uh, from what I've read, it's still the same problems, right? Uh, I was at university for four years uh, doing software engineering, but when I was there every year, uh, tuition was increased and every year the deadlines to when you should pay were reduced right so you know from you have to pay before you get your results to you have to pay before you sit papers to you have to pay on the first day you have to pay 60 percent before the first test you know things like that for the four years i was there uh, sort of the the, the 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 university pushed a lot that we don't get to Okay, I mean, I don't know that there are reasons, right? But they pushed a lot to make sure that it was harder for people who don't earn a lot to be able to use the university, right? And, mm. and to, they've given their justifications. Yeah, I don't want to like recite them for you, but I want you to tell me if you are running the university, uh, what's the name of that professor? Professor, the, the vice chancellor? Barnabas, now. Yeah, Barnabas. Yeah, if you are Barnabas, you know, in a hypothetical world, you're Barnabas at MOOC right now, you know, mm. and you have the requirements that you need you need the money to run the university right and you have the, the students the case they're making that you know they just can't afford to pay at that rate you know they can afford to pay for the university but they just can't afford to pay at the rate at which they're being asked for money you know what would you do to sort of handle both sides of this coin mm. yeah first of all i before before i even get to that level yeah yeah i would we need to first ask ourselves a very simple question. Are the funds, are, is, is the little we have being utilized appropriately? I see, okay. okay. That, is, that is point number one. Is the little we have being utilized appropriately? We understand. Okay. And, yeah, because I remember uh, there is a strike we had in 2019. I think it lasted like two weeks. Mm -hmm. tuition must fall yeah 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 15 percent tuition must go down eh? and uh we had a few colleagues who were later um called that was after military raiding uh lumumba and they severely assaulted members mm -hmm. we had a few people who had to go and uh general salim saleh called them and so that he could have a dialogue with them to find out what the problem is exactly. Mm -hmm. And when he tried to probe eh, father, he was like, okay, how many students do we have? How much do they pay? Something like that. Just roughly. He was like, I think there must be a problem with Makerere. There must be a problem with Makerere. That is point number one. That you cannot really be so sure. That we cannot be so sure. But the question is, are the funds being used? Is the little we have being utilized yeah. appropriately? 
that is point number one. So uh, okay, then, before you go to the second point, sorry mm. for cutting you short. You're you're making an allegation that there is mismanagement, right? It it yeah, and and I want you to just point to a few specific examples why you think that is. Uh, first of all, <coughs> yeah. First of all, I would say, you know, when you try to look at Makerere, that Makerere has Makerere is not like an institution. It is like, I, I don't know. There is a lot of politics that, uh, mm. that is around the Makerere University. Yeah. That is the honest truth. A lot, society, yeah. a lot of politics around the Makerere University. There are certain things that Makerere University chooses to, to do and even wonder why they have to, 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 to take that kind of direction. Uh, we had a few, me I personally, I come from Lumumba Hall. Mm. We had managed... There is a point where we had managed to to get in touch. We had managed to get in touch with uh, the embassy of DR Congo, eh? DR Congo embassy, and the embassy was so much willing to come and help us renovate Rumumba Hall. We okay. understand, okay? Because we were reaching out to them so that they could help us with that, mm -hmm. because Lumumba. Uh, was named after their first black prime minister, yeah, Patrick Lumumba. Yes. Uh, no, and yeah. we had actually reached uh, very far. We had reached the evening stages of that entire what? Of that entire process. But suddenly, we, we got information that that university has refused. Hmm? University has refused. So you sit back and you ask yourself uh, questions like, why are they refusing? That is point number one. Is it their money? Mm. You understand? That alone, it makes the entire thing look so fishy. Yeah, I see, why, I see. why are you refusing? So the main problem is not a money problem, basically. Hey, why are you refusing? I know. I, I know because uh, the reason uh, I took you to that direction yeah, yeah. is to actually see that there, there could be people in Makerere. There are people in Makerere who see Makerere as, as a business. They see Makerere as a business. You'll find someone is the one who uh, <clears throat> who works on the contract of, of those small, small renovations around the halls of residence. You understand? Mm -hmm. They're the ones that work in that direction. Because after all, these are government things. Yeah. Someone will say, so long as I provide accountability. So long as I provide accountability. You understand? So that means, in the long run, you'll find that such an individual will be so much against will be so much against renovation of that particular hall of a particular hall because then it's conflicting with his business exactly business. another thing is to do with privatization others will say unless the halls are, are to be privatized because they know if the hall is privatized if they say we are looking for bidders to yeah. come and buy these halls of residence Perhaps there are some people who are going to gain so much from that. So that is why they will keep on pushing for that agenda. Maybe they are connected to a few people. And perhaps those people, ha those people have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of money. Yeah. Yes, perhaps they also have their money and they will pass through someone else to come and say, yes, I, I, I want Lumumba. Mm -hmm. We understand. Eh? So, Makerere itself has, it's very difficult to... To understand most of these things when you just look at them plainly. From the surface, yeah. Yes, from the surface. It is really very difficult. You need to always ask yourself questions. Just like the government. 
people are asking themselves a number of people are asking there is a there is a someone who was uh, seeking my opinion as regards uh, the appointment of uh, uh, right honorable nabanja mm-hmm. they like because people were raising questions eh? they were like ah because we, we strongly believe this these these are posts for people who are uh, yeah. who are very, 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 very pivotal, you understand, eh? And so I responded to him by saying, uh, they, were, they were only in a position to ask such a question, you're only in a position to ask such a question when you're not really analytical. But once you, you're so analytical, you try to think about most of these things, it is very difficult because a mere fact that you, who is a lay person, you're saying Nabanja is not fit to be in that position. Do you think government has not thought about that? Uh-huh. Politics has a lot of things that happen in the yeah, back end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Behind the curtains, you understand? That is what they have accepted you. That is what they have allowed you to see. That Nabanja is the right honorable prime minister of this country. So me, I always want to sit down and ask myself those questions that are unanswered by the layman. You get? Because layman will be like, I know, why are they... You cannot really, you cannot really say, 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 Nabanja is, is, is going to be the prime minister. Leader of government business. Leader of government business. Yeah. You understand? But politics, there is always something that happens behind the scenes. But, but this is also very keen to Museveni's um, sort of uh, philosophical approach to politics, right? And I think uh, it's a book by Miriam Matembe. I forget what the title is, where she explicitly mentions, right, that. Uh, when Museveni was meeting with them, and you know they were asking why, what's the name of the lady, the lady from Busoga, who was the first, Chaba, uh, who was the first uh, prime, who was the first uh, vice president, woman vice president, Speciosa. Hey, Speciosa. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you mm. know they, they they were in there again, uh, sort of the, the deep state meeting, talking about you know why. Uh, Speciosa is a vice president, you know, if anything happened to the president, you know, Speciosa would have to be become the president, you know, by the time it was, it still looked like, you know, the government was democratic, right? Mm. And uh, what Museveni told them was, you know, do you guys really think that these people I'm appointing have power? This is, for me, call it political management, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and so most of that for me, it doesn't surprise me a lot, mm. but... Uh, so what I'm looking at, again, what, what I think we've also failed is we failed to like point out specifically, for example, say uh, the, the case for privatization, yeah, or the case for Nabanja, right? We failed to point out specifically, you know, why this is bad, right? Because there, there could be an argument for, for, for two sides, right? I could sit here and say, uh, you know, if we privatize the halls and there are clear business interests, you know, we've seen capitalism as sort of... Uh, and again, you may not be capitalist, but personally, I lean slightly towards capitalism. But I'm saying we've, we've been at a place where I've seen, you know, capitalism comes in as a, a, so a good solution for complex societies, right? Where there are clear profit interests. We say uh, because now it requires the government to spend a lot of tax money hiring people to manage Lumumba just so we can accommodate students. Why don't we just let someone else who has money uh, buy the government out, take this property, all is it for 99 years, and then let him decide how much students should pay to what to, to use and let him decide how he wants to manage it. And in, in a situation where Lumumba is not well maintained, then, you know, the, the government, I, rather this guy, his business has failed. You know, he's a business failure. Some other capitalists will come and take on from him who has better ideas, right? So that's one way to look at it, right? Mm. And ov- the obvious uh, other way to look at it is 
you know, when I was at university, for example, uh, halls were the de designated accommodation for people who got government scholarship, right? So if you if you go on university by taxpayers' funds, then you also get accommodation. And the most affordable accommodation at that point was you get to the hall, right? Uh, if you privatize the halls, that means the government has to pay extra money to meet this entrepreneur's fee to afford to live government-sponsored students to live in those halls. Or, you know, he has to give them some sort of accommodation to go and rent somewhere else, you know, which is definitely, to some people, would be inefficient, right? So, mm. so I mean, there are those two arguments. But, again, if we fail to articulate why the position of the, these should stay as property of university is clearly better than this should be privatized, then, you know, people who have political interest, people who actually lobby decision makers, the, the, the businessmen you've been talking about who are going to go and pay Barnabas to table this, or who are going to pay the other guy in, the, in, in that committee to front it, those people will also have an argument and on top of having an argument, they'll have the mechanism to actually lobby. You know, this is just how the, the complex society works. Everyone has their own interests, but how do you manage to live together? Yeah, mm. and yeah. So I want to also hear from you, you know, like how would you, what would be your case for not privatizing these halls? Uh, <clears throat> yes, first of all, I would go, uh, I'll say, if these halls are privatized, number one, we anticipate they may actually, they may actually become unaffordable to a common Uganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might actually become unaffordable to a common Uganda. Because what the government will, will choose to do now, they will say, you know, uh, let us, for us, we are going to start giving you your money for accommodation, and it is 300,000. I see, hmm? I see. They will give you that money, you, as an individual. Then they will say, uh, the terms of utilizing those uh, services entirely lie between you and the owner, you understand? But then, the same people got in bed with the owner, and the owner said, me, I will charge 600. I see. I think you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then when they come to us, because now that is, if I try to look at the back end, they're behind the curtains, mm -hmm. you get. Yeah. And this, uh, this same person uh, is now going to come and say, for us, we are, this government, for us, we are giving you your 300 for accommodation you'll be like, it's okay. They'll give you that money. After giving you that money, now getting to the other one who is actually supposed to accommodate you, for him he's saying, ah, 500. You understand? Yeah. 500 to retain the same space you've been having. 500 or 600. So, in the long run, you see, by the time students, are, a few students, are the, because the halls of residence as well accommodate a few private students. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true. Uh, they, they, they have to go and pay to the bank, to the university account, 300,000. By the time these, some people are in the university, in Makedere, because me, the time I have been guild president, eh, it has actually come to my notice that if someone is perhaps not in a position of influence, position office of power, they might not actually really, they might not really understand the cry that these that people are going through. Because mm -hmm. so what actually makes you better or what makes you a bad one is how best you respond to the different cries from different people. And for the time I've been guild president, I remember um, examinations were underway. And on a daily basis I could receive roughly ten to twenty students calling me, requesting 
me if i could uh, perhaps help them and request for 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 a grace period on, on on their behalf you understand and you try to ask someone what's how much money are you left with they're like 200000 and this is for accommodation or tuition no no some of uh, no no okay. i i'm trying to show you yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. Uh, if it is uh, tuition 200000 so i'm selling you 200000 yeah. i've really failed eh? 100000 they are unable to sit examinations because they don't have 100000 yeah, 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 ugandan shillings yeah, 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 yeah. You understand? So that means perhaps there could be those students who could as well be residing in the halls of residence as private sponsored students. And they are also paying the three, they are supposed to pay the 300,000 to the university. And by the time we have some students who are unable to clear 200,000, 100,000, then that means, because me, I don't really want to know where the 200 is coming from or the 100. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because it, so long as it is built on their account, be it uh, accommodation, because it is all built on the same account. You understand? I on the see. same yeah, portal. Yeah, 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 be it accommodation, be it tuition. Be it yeah. tuition. Because yeah. they will go and include this is accommodation, this is tuition, and they will put for you the total. You and, get. You just, and you just clear. Mm, so right. if you, you, you've not paid 200,000, I don't want to know what whether it is coming from tuition yeah. or it is coming from accommodation. I think you understand. So that alone uh, poses a challenge as well. Then how about how about if this because uh, we are having uh, we, we could have been having few of those cases but now now that uh, they will have become uh, the, the the prices could have uh, been hiked now to five hundred or six hundred by that private owner what what do you really think is going to happen yeah no no I see I see so yeah I see uh, uh, I think you make a very good case about in affordability yeah and, exactly. and i was just trying yeah. to play devil's advocate with sort of the capitalism angle right mm. but i i see that and uh, this this again when you leave university you're going to see that you know being able to afford accommodation as a basic human need is a crisis in the country right uh, for example mm. this this place changer for me when i was at university you would get a plot of land here for say uh, 20 million right today you can rent a house in changer for 20 million for per month mm. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so that is that is the crisis of of what of of like accommodation all over, right? And uh, the question though would be, is the government the best place to to solve this problem? You know, and yeah, maybe there is another institution. But you know, what if yeah, what if say the students' guild made some sort of fundraising, right? For, okay, so you've actually mm. answered this. So yeah, the other approach would be you go and. Uh, fundraise to renovate these halls so that is not very expensive to the university but you've already mentioned that the university won't allow that yes anyway. yes exactly there, there, there are I some people know. who are deliberately frustrating those efforts i am really out of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, so yeah okay I, yeah. I see that i see that and so now this is where we are these are the problems we have what are you trying to what are some of the strategies you're using to make sure that you know it doesn't we don't get out of the frying pan to the fire you know things don't get worse you know what are you what are you doing for example to make sure that these holes don't uh get privatized and you know in a scenario where you've left uh you've left university say next year you know depending on when you finish exams how are you making sure that you know your predecessor for example is uh following your mandate yeah you know yeah for example you know how are you making sure that nope still holds the that, that's probably part of the question how are you making sure that you know nope still holds the guild uh, and also you know whoever comes in the next president how are you making sure that if you had an approach say of you know 
dropping the, the tuition, for example, keeping the halls private, you know, generally keeping uh, higher education in public universities affordable to normal Ugandans. How are you, what steps are you taking to make sure that this happens and this is sustainable? Uh, uh, before you answer, do you, do you want to get a uh, glass of water? A, a bottle of water? Yeah. Okay. I will just uh, rip off the logos. Can I also get one if there's one? Ah, okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, point number point number one, I would begin with, uh, you know, as a leader, we have levels of leadership. Eh? And these levels by Maxwell, eh? mm. there are roughly there are five levels of leadership. That's uh, glad, what's the name? Yes, Maxwell. Eh? Okay. Yes, by Maxwell. Has, uh, he stipulated five levels of leadership. Okay. And level number one is position. Just holding a position, that is just level one. We understand. Mm -hmm. That is level one position. You get. So, <clears throat> if you, you're on level one, in mere fact, uh, you guild president, because in any case, people are appointed day in, day out to become leaders. You understand? Someone is appointed. So that is why it is not, uh, you're not any special just because you have a position. I, I think you understand. I see, I see you mean. still have so many levels to go through until you reach pinnacle. That is the last one you get. But what entirely dictates and what informs all of that is what have you done while holding that position? That is question number one. What have you managed to do? Because me, I strongly believe as a leader, hmm, because once you're in level one, people will be following you. People can, uh, once you're just a level one leader, people will follow you by just because of your position. Yeah, yeah. But what have you done to make sure you're that leader that will automatically influence people, that, you lo that will automatically influence others? People will follow you willingly. You understand? And that, first of all, your track record can dictate. That is point number one, your track record. Then point number two, and this is actually very important, and it is, that is a problem that we are, have, we are still facing, we as Africans. Uh, it is it is to do with your capacity to produce the next leader it yeah. is very important yeah, yeah. True, true, true. True. how have you groomed your society to pick out other leaders we get yeah you need to build a robust structure that is the honest truth you need to build a robust structure that you're going to use to get other leaders. You understand? If you get a leader, if you yourself, you, 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 you get a leader, and that leader has actually been uh, your efforts, you get, you've been mentoring. Actually, I have a number of students that are mentoring into mm, this. Mm, mm. They want to be GRCs. They want to be leaders at mm. different levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, because I strongly believe that is one of the best ways to, to retain influence. That is one of the best ways to retain influence. You have to invest in your time. Mm. Where need to be you invest in even resources to make sure. Because this, what we actually, what we want to achieve actually, is not. It's not about next year. It's not about two years from now. You, you understand? 
this is a, a very gradual process. This is something, this is something that we, we have failed as Africans. Majority of Africans, we have failed to do this. We have failed everyone who gets a position. Once they get into the position, they think they have made it in life. That is all we get. But me, I strongly believe. By the way, me, I'm so passionate. I am a very passionate person when it comes to good leadership and governance. I see, I see. Yeah, I am a very passionate person. That is why I think today, if I try, if I identify a student today who wants to run for GRC, and they are actually capable, and I'm seeing capability in them, what I need, because the only academy in politics, the only academy for politics is participation. You just participate. Yeah. That is the academy. Yeah, yeah, okay. You understand? Yeah, eh? yeah. Yeah, you just participate. That is why they will say the qualifications is senior six, despite of, 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 of what you scored despite of the combination you are doing. So that means this is a career that is not tied to, 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 to abilities to do with class. Eh? That I did BCM, I did PCB, I did HEG. You understand? Eh? Just have senior six. To get. That is basically to act as a sieve. Yeah. So that we can have a few people. And above all, you're going to be deliberating in English language. To get. So I strongly believe let us just do it. Let us do it gradually. Let us go slowly. I identify a student who wants to run for GRC, just like I've told you. I'll try as much as I can to empower them so that they can participate. Once they participate, they will have entered the academy for politics. Because it is very difficult to come from the blue and you say, I, I am running for guild president. That is the honest truth. It is very difficult to come from the blue and you say, I'm running yeah. for, for, for president. It, it usually becomes quite challenging. Yeah, yeah. But once you keep on participating, eh, you keep on participating, because we have been participating since primary. Oh, okay, I see, I see. You get, since primary, I've been participating. But every time you participate, okay, you learn something, eh, and you actually try to be like, okay, I think, I think I can actually go for better. I think I can go for better. You understand? Eh? You keep on moving like that. You get, and that is the only way, because we have so many people that actually so scared of even appearing on ballot paper. They're like me, how can I appear on ballot paper? Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. You get, how can I appear on ballot paper? But that actually goes with the time. The more you participate, because you're in the academy, you're in the school, you get. Mm. So, I know if I empower uh, a brother, if I empower a sister today, who is having ambitions of running for, 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 for GRC, or for running for anything, we understand. And I try to empower them. I know I am grooming my own political career. I am grooming my own political ally in the near future. I see, I see. You understand? Yeah, yeah. We just keep on grooming each other. And if someone empowers me today, they are also grooming me in one way or the other. Because most likely to be an ally. To be an ally I to see. them. I see. I see. You get. Yeah. And in, in, in this political field as well, there, you, you entirely actually need two things. Number one, you need allies. Number two, you need knowledge. Once you have those two, you have knowledge, you have, the, you have allies. Knowledge comes with empowerment. You yourself, eh? okay. you need to, to empower yourself. You need to read. Because we usually say, uh, someone told me leadership is readership. Mm -hmm. We get yeah, 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 you, yeah. you need to keep on reading here and there so that you get the knowledge. That is the best way you will have You'll be in a position to identify 
problems to identify loopholes in a system. And because you actually, once you're in a position to identify problems or loopholes in a system, you are very good. But if you're in a position to identify solutions to those problems, then you become excellent. I see. We get it. Yeah. yeah. Historically, in Uganda's uh, political climate, we've seen that people yeah, who don't, uh, say for example you, yeah, you're extremely articulate and you know, you've sort of thought through what you want to be as a leader and all mm. that, but we've seen historically that people like you don't go very far in Ugandan politics. Yeah. So because again, because of the kind of patronage we have, yeah, you find that uh, those politicians who are say more populist or the word is who seem more incompetent yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's the word right those are seem to be the politicians who like uh. how uh, the, the guys who have the power to put people on top tend to front right and uh i, I don't know whether i read this on a book i read someone's tweet but uh someone was analyzing Museveni's uh way of governance right uh and his biggest threat as him is competence right so if you sure. show that you know you're capable of actually doing things then you become a threat to him. Like he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he has to, to push you down so he can bring someone. You know, like when, when you see Sese Kandi becomes vice president and literally no one in the country knows what he does, right? Um, mm. And, you know, uh, Kadaga starts becoming prominent in parliament and, you know, now they have to make sure they, you know, because that is a sign, that's a sign of competence. They have to make sure that, you know, she, she sort of, get goes on the side and when you see like you know bukenya you know bukenya he's a he's, he's actually a doctor he's going to like you'll be very soon but you know bukenya came and everyone thought this guy is uh is you know a medical doctor this probably would have been basically but basically showed that he's too competent for you know get working with seven but bukenya when he came he became like this doll you know he would start mimicking Museveni. he would talk try to talk and sound like Museveni. you know like you see the kind of people that Museveni brings closer to him are mostly mm. people you'd consider to be idiots right and the anyone who tries to signal any sort of competence those guys are pushed far away either they be, they work for you know they work under incompetent people just so you know they're kept in their place with their competence or because if they have a service set to, to provide or, you know, they're kicked out of the system altogether. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, if you as a guy who you've started your, your, you know, political participation in primary, as you've said, and now you see this is the trend, you know, are you looking towards expressing more of your competence, even if it's actually a risk in politics, you know? And I know you're, you're a noob guy, but we are going to talk about that later, right? <laughs> and I know you're a noob guy, but, you know, in Uganda, still, if you're going to, if you want to get to a, if you want to be a minister, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, for example, in FDC, right? Uh, what's the lady's name? OHT, well, the lady that was appointed to be a state minister, right? Mm. Uh, the, if you, because I, I was, for me, I'm FDC, and, and I was in FDC uh, a lot, way before I participated a lot in the 2016 election, right? And, you know, most of what was said about her, I wasn't surprised when she was the kind of person, you know, she didn't, okay, no one talks about her as an extremely competent person. I would say that to be very polite, right? And for me, it wasn't surprising that she was, you know, the kind of person that was picked as the person in opposition or in FDC who has been in talks with Museven. I remember Museven mentioned once that oh, we are in talks with uh, everyone, including FDC, but the people in North, they are not, they, and they meant her, you know, in this case. But no one is surprised really that, you know, she's the kind of person who would have been pinpointed. And, you know, even, even if it comes to you, right? Say you get to a place where you know that you have real strategies that can help, say, our medical 
institution, you know, medical ministry work, yeah? But for you to get to become the minister of health, mm, you have to, and maybe you're young, okay, maybe by the time you become to that place again, uh, the, the man's time would have been, would have run out, yeah? Wonderful. But that's what I thought when I was young, but, you know, the man is still here. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say, you know, hold, hold your hope. But you know, when you get to a place and he's still Museveni and he still has his metric of choosing only incompetent people to, to, to be to sort of take on positions of power, are you going to start acting incompetent? To okay, thank you so much. First of all, from that very analysis you've given, it was it is actually against the same analysis I managed to make and decided to subscribe something different and not his I see, I see, I see. Yeah, you, yeah. you understand yeah. because you'll find you ask yourself how many member are NRM members of parliament do you see day in day out being in a position to articulate matters of national importance they are very few they get a few they have a few really intelligent people that I acknowledge yeah. you understand uh, they, 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 they have a, a, a few intelligent people and but those people are usually just empowered to do that and i would say one of the problems we are having we are still having because this is this is an entirely failed system this is a failed system we have to agree yeah, yeah. it could have been a darling before but it has now become a failed system to be honest yeah, you yeah. I, I agree with you yeah. yeah uh because why do you think it has failed remember the longer you stay the longer you stay. Now you start telling us, when people start complaining about burning, current burning issues, you start saying, you understand? Wonderful. I think you yeah, understand. Yeah, I agree with you that. now, you, 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 it's, it's as if you're saying Uganda, we as Uganda, we have reached where we are heading. Eh? And so, we should be comfortable because yeah. something in the past it was, was. The past was done. Yeah, yeah. I think you understand. Eh? And the biggest challenge we are having because me actually me i have a lot of hopes i have a lot of hopes with uh, the ongoing civilization eh? mm. the political trend will eventually change it will eventually change you understand yeah, yeah. because the political terrain then when we had a few literates is no longer the same as now I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because at some point we had a single, uh, we, 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 we never used to have multi-party system. Actually, me even up to now, I sit down and think about it. I'm like, what was wrong with the people? Are they okay? Mm. You understand? How can you tell me I can only belong to that political party? It is yeah, very stupid yeah. and vague. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah, it's very stupid yeah. and vague true, true, true. that I have to belong to a single political party. That is very stupid. So, with the ongoing civilization, literacy levels are going up. You understand? Mm. Literacy levels are really going up, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You get They're really going up. People are going to school. That means, in one way or the other, we are trying our level best to catch up with those that could have exhibited better democracies. You, you understand? Those that could have, uh, those that perhaps uh, have, uh, like Sweden, USA, mm -hmm. those are countries that, ha that, that are actually scoring so high with a democracy index. You get, they are really scoring high. Yeah, yeah. So, the mere fact that we are also trying to follow their footsteps, perhaps in one way or the other, we could be learning from them 
and we shall eventually get there. I am very hopeful. I am so hopeful with that. But what we actually need as a country, we need civic education. Civic education is lacking. Our people are not knowledgeable about their political systems. People are not knowledgeable about their political systems. Okay. And I, would, I, 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 I could have the audacity to say this could have been deliberate. You understand? Yeah, I, I, I think it is. Yes, yeah. it is yeah. deliberate. Yeah. Because a mere fact that at some point we had political studies studying from senior one and it was scrapped off. You understand? Political science at university level. Scrapped you understand? Yeah. So that shows me it is actually a deliberate move to keep Maybe people naive about, the about their political systems and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And those countries that have managed, those states that have managed to exhibit democracy, people are actually knowledgeable about their political systems. Okay. That is why in USA, you'll become a president. When you're becoming president, you say, I want to do A, B, C, D. At the end of the term, people will hold you accountable. You said you want to do A, you want to do B, yeah, you want yeah, to do C. How far? I think you're really scoring too low. We are not taking you back. You understand? There are a few people that were really... Uh, because me, as an individual, I would really say I don't really so much agree with uh, Trump's way of leadership. Mm -hmm. I don't really agree with it. And I used, on, now, on a number of occasions, I used to argue with the colleagues. Eh? About I used to argue with the colleagues. You understand? That me, I don't really think that is okay. That is not okay. You don't think you're going to operate that way. Mm -hmm. Once you choose to operate that way, eventually, that those you're dealing with politically cautious minds in the USA. Those people will eventually kick you out. And to, to, to some point, we had to, to place in bets as like, you know, I am pretty sure with the why no USA, Trump will not go back. Yeah, because people will, will always hold you accountable. You said A, B, C, D. What have you done? Yeah, but now you, you've actually caused more harm than good. That is why they will opt for another that that, that 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 may actually obviously seem a replica of Barack Obama. I see, I see. You understand? Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I want to recommend you a book, and I don't know if you've read it. That mm. is a book by an uh, American professor called Stephen Pinker. The book is called Enlightenment Now. And uh, in this book, he's arguing that, you know, things are not as good as we want them today. Yeah. But if you look at data, you know, from, from the past, things are generally getting better, right? Better. Uh, violence is going down, uh, you know, health is getting better, people are living longer, uh, you know, things that were those days accessible to say only the, the very few privileged people like kings, for example, you know, air conditioning, you know, kings had servants would like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now everyone has like, air, almost everyone has air conditioning yeah, sure. in their houses and things like that. And, you know, he makes a, a, a solid case about, you know, how if you compare it to the past, you don't, if you were to be born at any other time in the world, you'd want to be born today, right? Yeah, today. exactly. Yeah. And one of the things that he makes, one of the cases he makes about democracy, which I think is very similar to the way you think, he says, you know, even the countries like Russia, like Uganda, for example, that are not actually democratic, you know, the only way they manage to stay stable in the global scope is to pretend to be democratic. Yeah? Because they are also convinced that democracy is the only reasonable governance that is possible, right? And, and you know, like, wh when you say that, uh, you know, I mean, I know the government, for example, has definitely kept us politically ignorant, intentionally. Uh, you know, what Museven is doing with institutions, for example, uh, making the wife head uh, education, you know. They, you know, and, and, and that, that's just one of the many things, you know. A lot of other things, you know, all in institutions are sort of very inept. This is all intentional, just so he can solidify power while still pretending to be a democracy. Yeah? Mm. And by the fact that he's still pretending to be a democracy, he's sort of 
a glimmer of hope that you know even him he knows that you know there is no other way of governing the country but democracy yeah and and you know of course you can you can fool people i don't know what that was rogan you, mm. you can fool all the people all the time but you know you I, you can fool some of the people some of the time but you can't fool all the people all the time and eventually you know we are going to tell him uh, you know either be accountable get out or you know god will help us with that whichever one comes first yeah and and, yeah. and yeah that that's that's entirely true so this is very interesting conversation to me and when i was at university i don't know if i was you know, my mind was at a place where I could have these kind of conversations. I'm very, very <laughs> impressed by, 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 by the level of conversations we're having. And I have to just understand, you know, you as a person, you know, what's your life philosophy? You know, what are those, well, you know, when, what is your daily routine, for example? You know, what are those uh, values that you hold, for example? You know, what are the things that you, you say, you know, this, if, if I was in a scenario like this, you know, this is the sort of set of rules that I would follow to live my life. Who is mm. this? Yeah, wh what, what is this for you, for example? What is your life philosophy? Um... Uh, number one, I, um, me as an individual, uh, I, I, I think all that first gets back to who I am, yeah. me as a person, and me as a person, and what really informs who I am is what I am interested in. We, we understand what my interests could be, mm, mm, mm. and me as an individual, I am so much interested in policy analysis. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, I see. policy analysis, then... Uh, political strategies, those are different things, political strategies. Then uh, leadership, governance, you understand, democracy, uh, pan-Africanism, those are the things I really mm -hmm. cherish so much because at times I look at, I look at uh, very many things that uh, various imperialists are doing here and there. Mm -hmm. And it actually disheartened me so much. It disheartened me so much. And, you know, I'll get to that. Yeah. But another thing that I actually, on top of that, agriculture. Oh, okay, I see. Yes, okay. I am so much interested in agriculture as well. Because why do you think, uh, very many people actually think agriculture is... is is not for, 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 for the land class. The land class will have to go to their office, sit mm -hmm. in air conditioners, mm -hmm. which that I disagree. As an individual, I disagree. Because once we say agriculture is a backbone of this country, by the time the government is also in a position to say agriculture is indeed the backbone, to acknowledge that it is a backbone of this country. Yeah. You understand? That means... There is still magic in that sector. That is the honest truth. There is still magic in that sector. Because what, in the long run, what do we need as individuals? What do we need in life? You get People need money. Mm -hmm. That is number one. Yeah. Save for politicians. We who want politics, we want power and money. You that understand? Is, because yeah, by yeah. virtue of you having the power, in one way or the other, the, 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 the money component will as well come as you move along. You get you need power, you need money. You get. And if anyone could have gotten an opportunity to have a test on, 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 on those two, that is really the best thing. You get. Mm. Uh, so if we actually need money. But uh, and, 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 and another point that really gets me disheartened is that the, the same government that acknowledges agriculture is the backbone, it's now, it doesn't want to empower the sector. You understand? Those are some of the things that really 
Yeah, yeah, I see. I get, see. Get, get me perplexed and confused. We get. Uh, because with the... <coughs> with agriculture and I actually add so many people if you have an opportunity to 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 get involved in this agriculture thing please you do because uh this is uh, this is one of the sectors where you actually you you you're going to make your money clean without uh very clear taxes that now you pay this percentage of money you yeah, pay this yeah, percentage yeah. of money you get you just get there however maybe I'll just say let us modernize the agriculture let us modernize the agriculture. And the the, exactly. Yeah. Fine, I would say I'm interested in agriculture, but I don't go personally to, 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 to start digging. You get. But I look for remedies. I look for ways. Like, of, how, like how, how do you do that? Uh, where, where you're capacitated, you as an individual, eh? you try to take up uh, a few technologies. Oh, I see. Okay. You try to take up a few technologies here and there. But very many people actually think uh, because me personally, my my for example, my father, my father is a is a businessman, so that is why I also have that business component yeah, yeah. in me yeah, so yeah. much. Because I I think I started working with my parents way back in primary two. In, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, in Chikubo. So I I have uh, grown up to have been raised by business uh, minded uh, parents. Yeah, yeah. And but. Yeah, my dad is actually one of the greatest inspirations I have in as far as that direction is concerned. He's one kind of person who will do almost everything so long as he tries to calculate and it is an opportunity that could raise money. He will surely go for it. I see. He will surely go for it. If they wake up one day and they say, if you start, uh, if any, anyone who is uh, uh, perhaps rearing butterflies, they are becoming rich. Tomorrow, very early in the morning, you will wake up and start setting yeah, up yeah, that. Yeah, I see, I see. You get I see, because yeah. that is what we need. The long run, we need money. But I, I don't really want um, this this mentality of we thinking because so many people people usually say education is the key to success. They used to tell us that that thing so much. Education is the key to success. Mm. But and now people are saying okay fine we understand education is a key to success but perhaps the padlock was changed you get perhaps the padlock was changed. we retained the key yeah. we, we are still holding uh, the, 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 the key very firm but, but success changed the padlock <laughs> but the padlock i think was changed <laughs> yeah, you yeah, get yeah. and I, I i i i would say i don't entirely agree with that okay because one of uh, the problems we are having is that people think if they go and study software engineering, they are specifically supposed to do software engineering. They are dropping away all other opportunities that that the fact that they went to school has 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 brought to them. Mm. Get. So they are, look, they are sort of jailing themselves within themselves that mentality. Within that mentality that me, I've yeah. studied medicine, yeah. so I have to do medicine. You get. That is why at times I, it, it discombobulates me so much if people ask me, you, you are a medical student, now you are guild. I was going to ask you the same question, but... <laughs> Please don't ask it. Yeah, so, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but still I would like to know, you know, why medicine though? You know, because it seems mm. you're interested in business, you're interested in agriculture, uh, and, you ah, know, by the time okay. you made it to medicine, it means you could have done any of these other things, definitely, yeah. from the way university selects. Yeah, why sure. medicine? Sure. Um, me, I would say, first of all, the education system itself, Mm. Is, is is a mess. I that agree. is the honest truth. Yeah. Our education system is a mess. 
because this is an education system that will push you to where it wants you to go not you to choose where you want to go so the education system can I, 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 give you direction yeah, yeah, you understand yeah, yeah. this is an education system where you are, you are in primary you score a four okay they say we are seeing a doctor in you I think you get it. Eh? Yeah. You go to f- f- form four. You you manage to score eight or nine in 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 in, in eight. Yeah, USC, UCE. Uh, UCE. People are like okay. So the, the the teachers themselves, perhaps the people that are mentoring us in schools, in high schools, and I, I, that, that mentality is a very long one. I don't want it. Eh? I don't want someone who is a teacher to mentor me on how to become a doctor. That is very wrong. I see. You get yeah, yeah, perhaps for him for him he wanted to be a doctor. And maybe certain things didn't really go in their direction. Mm-hmm. They are now teachers. Eh? He's a teacher, he's teaching biology. And he's a very excellent one in as far as delivering that information is concerned. But I don't want him to be convinced that it is automatic that I I want yeah, even I want to be a doctor. Yeah, brother being a doctor. Hey, that I want to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, you get? Yeah, yeah. So we need mentorship at all levels we need mentorship me uh to the schools where i have been the schools that have passed through i made it a point i get to those schools i mentor students i'm from right away from primary in that direction who wants to be what do you, you come let a doctor come and provide their experience as doctors Someone come and they provide their experience as engineers. These pupils at primary level, these students at secondary level will make an informed decision. We understand. It's not that that one teacher, for him is a teacher, is going to say, you have to be a doctor or you be an engineer eh? or you be a lawyer. For them, they have their list. Mm -hmm. That I don't agree because you will find there are people who are actually doing so well with their horticulture. You get You'll find there are people who are doing so well with their horticulture. Yeah, so well. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then, it is very difficult to find a teacher in any of those schools. You sample randomly who is going to say you go and do horticulture. You go and do fisheries. But there are people who are doing so well in those fields. We get So I, I believe there is lack of mentorship. That is that is to say. But initially, me as an individual, I think I wanted to become a... Because I, I, I even remember when I was very young, someone asked me at some point in school, when they used to ask, what do you want to be in future? People say, I want to be a doctor, I want to be this, I want to be this. Now I said, I want to be Museveni. You understand? I was very tiny. I said I want to be Museveni. Even right now, up to right now, my, my teachers still remember that. Mm-hmm. You get it. like... This man said he wanted to be Museveni. You, you, you get. Because in, what I wanted to mean in the essence is, I, I think I want, to be I, need to, I, I, I need to have power in, in one way or the something. other. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I want to, you get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then later when I became uh, more conscious, I, I, I was like, no, I want to be a lawyer. Oh, okay. okay. I want to be a lawyer. Now it is what I wanted. And then the education system had to dictate where it wants me to go. I see, I see. You get it. Yeah. So now you've done this way. Now, mm, that the education system, in the same picture, with someone who wanted to be a doctor, and they, they, he's a teacher, they are now mentoring me how to be a doctor. I see, I see. So I have now to opt for yeah. biology, chemistry, math, uh-huh. and uh-huh. yeah, they're still doing um, 
I am now I am now in this in, in, in medical school and yeah fine I would say I'm I am okay with it mm. as well will you be practicing yes I am okay with it and that I'll say it's entirely dependent on the tides oh, I see I see remember I told you me I don't have that mentality that I have to do this this is what I have to do that is why even right now even if I tell some people remember I told you what we are looking for we are looking for money we are looking for power me as an individual that is what we are looking for yeah, so yeah. where i get any of those two i don't have to be rigid yeah i see i see i see you uh, understand yeah. i don't have to be rigid that i have to to do this that is why i get to some point i tell people i would i'm like no i think me even if i don't practice it is okay i will do something else you get people are like hey, now all these five years will be a waste of time mm -hmm. who tells you i've wasted time you get I've been in university I've networked. Why do you think why do you say I've wasted time? You understand I've been in the university and I've managed to to be a leader. I'm guild president. Why do you say I wasted time? You have a friend uh, called David Davis Musi. I don't know if you've heard of him. The guy who runs a uh, uh, TMCG Rocket Health. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, mm, banners, yeah, Rocket Health. Yeah. yeah. So he has a, well, it's not very similar, but he has a similar story. He went to do medicine again because he was just a boy in school, and people told him what to do that. Well, uh, no, maybe actually for him he wanted to do medicine. Yeah. But after finishing his course in medicine, he realizes, you know, what he's actually very good at is business. Yeah. And so what he decides to do instead is to set up these institutions around health. And you know, those are the problems he wanted to solve. You know, if the healthcare system is terrible, uh, but he doesn't for him he didn't want to be a politician. So he's like, you know, I'm not going to wait to be a politician to solve this. My approach is going to be start a business around health and sort of try to reinvent health systems, right? And and right now he has invented his uh, rocket health thing where you order from home doctors and you know mm. they're doing very well right now in the covid crisis i think they're growing almost 100 percent every month you know every month they're hiring as many employees as they had the previous month so it's yeah it's it's, it's also like a very good story right a, now. Yeah, so, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean that's definitely i don't uh, personally I, I i i don't know what i wanted to be until i learned how to code then i was like i'm going to be a software engineer and yeah if you times into it i was like ah let me start a podcast uh, i'm all over the place and yeah, yeah. but yeah, th that is again who i am so i don't imagine that you know there is sort of school i think it's a good thing to go to school uh, it's very good yeah, especially to socialize but also mm. you know you shouldn't as you mentioned you know you shouldn't limit yourself to the definitions that the school is giving you to say you know i am a doctor and therefore this makes me sort of uh, lame, you know, incapable in any way of doing anything other than being a doctor, you know, so some some sort of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you one thing, uh, mm. and uh, sort of because I've not got a clear hint from from the conversation. Yeah, and this is a uh, you can answer it if you. I mean, you can choose not to answer a question if you don't want. Capitalism or socialism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, where do you fall? Because I've tried to pick that in the uh. conversation. That wasn't very clear to me. Ah, yeah, I guess uh, that is why, even uh, to be honest, even myself, I cannot really choose a single side. I see, I see. from that's all right. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Me, I believe in once we see, once we identify something, we can borrow from either. We try to borrow, and we see how best. Me, what I want to, what we need to achieve in the long run, is our. Uh, at, is the community at peace? How is the community? Are people progressing? 
You get mm, mm. So in one way or the other, if there is a way we can try to strike a balance, eh? we try to look at this, let me look at another. They're like, okay, depending on this, depending on A from capitalism and depending on B from social, mm, when we try to weigh, I think, I think let's do this. Let's go with this. I see, I see yeah, that is why I, I may not really be so specific to, to a single one. Great. It's it's entirely so long as we can achieve well-being for the societies where we belong. That is the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah. No, I I am totally on board with you. Um, have you are you familiar with the blockchain? Uh, not really. Ah, okay. So um, right now, yeah, mm. I, I want to rush through this because I want to ask you something very specific. Uh, right now. The way our money works is, you know, the government prints money, it decides mm. that, you know, tender from serial number this to serial number this is legal tender, uh, and you can use it to exchange, basically, you know. Money is a good in itself, but it's a most demanded good. So you can stock money, and then you can always use it to exchange if any good you want, basically, yeah? But this money is only valid because there's a guarantee from government that it's, it has legalized it, yeah? Mm. Previously, it was uh, backed by gold, so governments would print out receipts. Basically, people would mine gold, and uh, there were institutions similar to what we have as banks right now that would tell you, instead of moving with your gold over, you know, from, say, Sahara to Sub-Saharan Africa, let us keep your gold for you, and let us give you this receipt to just show people down there that you have this kind of gold in our institution, right? And then uh, those people out there would look at the receipt and say, yeah, okay, so you have gold worth, say, one million, uh, and we're willing to exchange that gold or half of it for, for this amount, right? We'll talk to that institution and travel the gold, basically. Blah, 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 that's how it works. Yeah, but uh, recently, I think it was 2008, uh, this guy comes up with uh, a, tech, a, a sort of a software solution, yeah? Mm. Where you can, where you use your computer to calculate a specific to, to you, you apply computation with the computer to verify a specific mathematical puzzle and this this puzzle when you verify this puzzle it, it adds a transaction into some sort of ledger right mm. so the sort of short and small of this is this guy reinvents money in a way that it can be it can work on a computer right mm. so uh the right now the, what was the issue before with uh, using money as we have it right now on the computer is for example if i if I have uh, a, a digital 200 shilling coin, yeah, and I send it to you via WhatsApp, and you give me something, I can still send a copy of that coin to someone else because you know the computer, you can always duplicate something as many times as you want, right? Mm. But so this guy builds a system. So right now the way we do it is, I send, uh, say if I'm doing a visa transaction or a mobile money transaction, mm. I tell MTN that give Jumia 200 shillings, and MTN removes that 200 shillings from my account. Yeah, mm. so I never have the money. Mm. MTN always has the money. What I only do is give MTN instructions yeah. to change from my money it has to pay someone else, right? And mm. Jumia also never gets the money. What MTN does is say, okay, now I've removed this money from uh, Ivan's account to Jumia's account, uh, but MTN still has all the money, yeah, right? Yeah, but sure. so what this guy tries to invent is, I'm going to give you money so you keep your coin, right? Mm. But you, we have a, a bunch of mathematical rules that verify that you can you can only spend it twice. So if you send it to me, you know, no no institution, say no central institution like MTN or a bank no has to verify. But there's a mathematical proof that has to happen for me to know that I'm the first one you're spending this money with. Yeah. So basically, you can't copy that, right? And uh, so what? So that, that's sort of like the blockchain in, in a nutshell, yeah. But what this technology has done is, is that it is that it has shown people ways of building 
transparent systems, right? So what, what, uh, what happens here is the beauty of me being able to transact on the computer as if I have like physical cash where, you know, I can't double spend, yeah, because, uh, you know, there's sort of, there's some, uh, the mathematics sophisticated, I want to, to, to like go into it, but mm. you know, there's mathematics that can prove that money is being spent once, for example. What that, sh the, the way that happens is uh, you have this ledger where all transactions are first of all transparent. So the other way the other guy will know that you're not spending twice is because you'll come back to the ledger to see that this money has never been spent, right? But also those ledger are distributed. So you have a copy of the entire ledger. So you have a copy of all the transactions that have ever been made and have a copy of all the transactions that have ever been made. And so, you know, everyone has a copy of their own ledgers. But the other thing also is uh, it's immutable. Uh, it's sort of, besides the fact that they're transparent, no one can ever change a record in the back. You can make a new transaction, but you can't go back to edit an old transaction, basically, right? Mm. And wha what this means for sort of politics in the future, and, and this is the reason I'm bringing it up. You know, what this means for politics in the future, in my perspective, is, you know, we've been looking at capitalism versus socialism, right? As these two predominant ways of sort of looking at so, uh, of how to organize society, right? Mm. Um, personally, I told you I'm inclined towards capitalism, capitalism, but if I was to identify myself within uh, political ideology, I would call myself anarchist, right? I, I think that society should be left to organize itself. You know, mm. we don't need any sort of rules. Th that is how I see the world, right? And what this, uh, the blockchain, what I've been explaining to you, the best way it comes in is if I have a copy of you know what the bank has you know a copy of the bank ledger mm. yeah like just like everyone else and you, for you to transact with me we just have math as our guarantor you know if the math is if the math says this transaction is right then we all believe it you know what we do away is take away authority basically you know what the bank has been you know the bank decides whether you're rightful person to to like for example if you wanted to send some money to osama bin laden the bank would say no you know even if it's your money right I, mm. i'm saying th that's yeah. a bad thing that's a I good get. thing okay, the bank does right but still the bank sometimes oversteps you know it would uh for example yeah in, in the long run it is my money yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so in the long run it is my money so why do you have to exactly dictate yeah. for me where i have to send my money yeah so there is uh there is a way um there is a way that you know some people now right, I've, I've been reading a few papers about what people are thinking is going to be a better future of of social organization right mm. that is an exact marriage of capitalism and socialism yeah where you know if say for example in the crisis we're in right now where the priority shouldn't be hospitals making money you know the way the capitalists would see it but the priority would be making sure we cure the people or you know the, the all the money we have we we re repurpose it to this purpose of eradicating mm. the, the virus the right virus. yeah but in times when everything is fine then you know society is has repurposed itself to make sure that those who are most inventive people who actually provide solutions to problems thrive you know if you figure out a way of uh, helping farmers produce their produce better genets you deserve to be paid for your invention and you deserve to become rich because of that right for example in a time where people are thriving right in a time where there is famine then we become more socialist right and uh yeah, so so th th that's basically what I'm saying is that you know, uh, and I'd, if you if you want, I'd recommend to you some of these books yeah, where I think people are you, you, trying to reinvent. So I try to look at them. Yeah, people are trying to reinvent social organization that is just beyond what we consider, uh, you know, historically to be capitalism versus socialism, mm. and that's that's you know sort of mostly why I appreciated like your your answer mm. about you know striking the balance yeah, between yeah, yeah. between those two. Yeah.
So the, the last question that I want to ask you now, you know, as we, we sort of conclude the conversation is the legacy, you know, of, uh, of Ivan Sempeja, you know, guild president of MOOC. Yeah, what is it that, you know, if you've done, you know, I know when you were a kid you wanted to be Museveni, you know, what is, it, what is that one thing that, you know, at that point, say you're 90 or you, whatever age, you know, God calls you, at what point would you be when you say, you know what, I've lived a good life. I'm glad that I did this one thing, or you know, two things. You know, what are those things that you think, if you died before you did them, you don't have lived a fulfilled life? Personally. Uh, yeah, you personally, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is it too early to think about this for you? Mm -mm. Okay, go. I have the answers ready. Go, 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 please. Yeah, I have the answers ready, yeah. Anyway, I, just like I told you, I'm so passionate about good leadership mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and governance, democracy. I strongly believe if I died today without ensuring that we can use those different platforms, different leaders, different leadership positions, not only those that belong to me, but even to others eh, that could be as well in my reach so that we can construct I need I need to to, to, to be part of of of, it, of that team that is to construct a more inclusive and favorable political ground. You understand? A more favorable, I see. I see. a very inclusive political ground. I need to see uh, Uganda better than this. I need to see that a Uganda. Yes, yeah. I need to see it better than this. And I look at, at people suffering so much because of the wrong decisions that are being taken by people who are not naive in any way. These are people that are knowledgeable, you get. But they keep on taking uh, very wrong decisions, maybe perhaps because they are in their personal favor you get their interests as individuals they start weighing their they how can you start putting your interests as an individual on the same weighing scale with national interests you get so i try to look at a, a really failed system and i would really want to be part to be pivotal in as far as achieving a better one is concerned. That is why, personally, how, I'm ho uh, how I am actually hoping to achieve all that is myself, I'm a participant. That is number one. Myself, I'm a participant. Number two, who is ready to actually bring in more and more participants? Let us recruit. That is why I told you this is a process. It takes time. Mm -hmm. I am ready to actually take the time. I am ready, but let us build something. Let us really build something. Let us keep on empowering each other so that we can achieve something better. We can achieve a better political ecosystem for this republic. 
Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's very, very convincing. I'll be happy to invite you here, you know, sometime in the future. To yeah, and, and you'll surely do. Yeah, yeah, to follow up on some of these. Yeah, thank you very much for, for accepting to, to do this. You know, this has been quite an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Kenneth, for, yeah, for hosting me as well. Yeah, yeah true, true. Uh, it was indeed a very good one. And a very engaging conversation. Yeah, yeah, and no, true, true, yeah. true, true. I've, I've learned. I, I thought I was like much smarter than all students, yeah. but now I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, probably you. Yeah, you must be, because uh, well, by virtue sure. of experience and yeah. maybe all other things. And yeah, I look up to as well learning more and more. Yeah, no, true, true, true. That's you, uh, that's also by the one thing that impressed about you. You have the ability to listen. I think that's how you trick people into voting for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, thank you so much. Thanks, thanks. So much. Okay.